are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to a Tuesday episode of Locked On NBA. I'm Wes Goldberg from Locked On Warriors here with David Ramil from Locked On Heat. And we've got a great show for you today. We're going to get to uh, the players who we think could take a leap in the 2021-22 NBA season. But we're going to start with this news from Mark Stein, who tweeted Monday afternoon that the expectation remains one week out from 76ers Media Day that Ben Simmons will choose not to report to the team's training camp, league sources say, but the Sixers, sources say, remain intent on trying to convince Ben Simmons to report. David, the Ben Simmons thing has been a story all offseason long. It feels like this thing has been going back and forth. Sometimes the 76ers want to trade Ben Simmons. Sometimes Ben Simmons wants to be traded. Sometimes both plays... Both parties are happy. Sometimes one of them is happy and the other one isn't. Whatever. Now it feels like uh, both player and team have sort of put themselves in a corner here. The 76ers want nothing more, no, nothing less than a star for Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons does not want to play for Philadelphia anymore, knowing that he is going to get traded. What can the 76ers do from here? Because if Ben Simmons is just going to sit out training camp, I don't know where Philadelphia goes from here. Well, it doesn't hurt Simmons any to sit out, right? Like at this right. point, the book is out on him. We know what he, he's going to get paid. I assume. I, I I don't know how that would work necessarily, but I don't know that they'll try to dock him if he just doesn't show up to training camp. And look, the Sixers, they've been in this kind of chase before. They did this with Jimmy Butler a couple of years ago when he was forcing his way out of Minnesota. Now he wound up playing some early games on in the regular season for the Timberwolves before he eventually was traded to the 76ers. But this isn't Philadelphia's first time at the radio, despite the fact that they've overhauled their front office since then. Now Daryl Morey's in charge of this debacle. I I don't know how they move forward. I'll be 100% honest with you, because at this point, you can't convince them. I think this situation, that relationship is irreparably broken. Like, I understand from a fan's perspective, you want a player to just go out there and play to represent that team and things of this sort, but there has to be a quality of life factor, and I think both parties seem like they're done. You know, it kind of gets overused a little bit, but the change of scenery description seems really apt here. Like, both of them just need to move on. They need to be a different team without Ben Simmons, and concurrently, Simmons needs to be in a different team that can maximize what he can do because we've gotten – to the point now where we're completely undervaluing what Simmons can do because it's easy to make jokes, right? Because he doesn't shoot jumpers, because he kind of fell apart in the playoffs, because Duck Rivers and Joel Embiid and everybody else kind of threw him under the bus. But at this point in time now, uh, you know, we're kind of overlooking the fact that he's an all-NBA-level defender mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, an all-star for the last couple of seasons, and I think he's deserving of that recognition. So there, I don't know if these expectations for what you can get in a return package are just too high for Maury. I don't know if this is just his way of playing the field and seeing exactly what they can get back in a return deal. I, I, you're not going to get Dame Lillard straight up for him. I think that's what the the hope is from Philadelphia fans, but that seems unrealistic too. So I don't – to me – oh, go ahead. I'm curious to hear what you have to say about it. Well, to me what's interesting is that the reporting now is that they're trying to get him to report so that they can play because – I. I talked to some people around the league early on, not late, not anytime recently, but early when all this stuff was happening. And they said that the Daryl Morey asking price was sky ridiculous. High, that it right. was ridiculous. And that's been the reporting that's been out there that they wanted basically Damian Lillard or Bradley Beal. And that's kind of the, what they were looking for. And that was just never going to happen. But now that 
it kind of looks like, hey, if you're going to move Ben Simmons, it's going to be for maybe a, a high-end role player, another role player, and an assortment of first-round picks. And so like, normally that would be fine for an all-star player, right? That's typically what these guys go for now. You don't really see these star-for-star trades happen all that often. Um, but for Philadelphia, who figures to be right on the cusp of making the finals and getting out of the right. East, they don't want a bunch of first-round picks. They don't want a bunch of okay role players. They already have some okay role players. They already... They don't want r- more rookies. They want a guy who can compliment Joel Embiid and, and get them over the top. And regardless of what you think about Ben Simmons' fit, a worse player isn't necessarily going to do that. And uh, that, But that player isn't really out there. Not yet right now. And so I think the 76ers are trying to backtrack a little bit, try to get themselves out of this corner that they've boxed themselves into here and say, okay, uh, Ben Simmons isn't the worst player in the league. It works enough for us to be a high seed in the East Maybe we can figure it out with the second year of Doc Rivers and all this stuff. Maybe we can figure it out. Um, and maybe if we don't figure it out, look, Damian Lillard, Bradley Beal, they're not available right now. But if those if those situations go south, maybe they will be available by the trade deadline and we'll need Ben Simmons to get those guys, right? Like you could trade Ben Simmons to Sacramento for Buddy Heald and a bunch of whatever. But like Buddy Heald doesn't help you get Damian Lillard. Buddy Heald doesn't help you get Bradley Beal, right? So maybe the first round picks do, but I don't know. So I, I, I think that's where the Sixers figure that they're in. They're, like that star that they want isn't out there, and that the best option is for them right now to keep Ben Simmons because I also agree with you. Like he's a really good defender, and I do wonder what this team looks like if you just move Ben Simmons for Buddy Heald or CJ McCollum or something like that. I don't even know if those things are out there, but if, hypothetically, if they were to do that. How good is this team defensively? Because I don't think that they're all that great offensively with those players and Joel Embiid. And I think defensively, this is a team that ranked second in the league in defensive rating last year behind uh, the Lakers and ahead of the Jazz. Um, And that was in large part because of Joel Embiid, but it was in large part also because of Ben Simmons. You take Simmons off that roster, you have one all-pro level defender on that roster, and that's Joel Embiid. And just inherently a center is a little bit limited, can't do the things that Ben Simmons was able to do. I think they get hurt a lot on that end if they lose Ben Simmons and you need a player offensively, that's good enough to just say, you know what? That's okay. We're going to, going to be this much better offensively, or you need a player who can just sort of replace some of that. Nobody's going to replace all of what Ben Simmons does defensively, but at least something defensively. And I don't know who that is either. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I, I was just thinking about this as you're talking about this, where, what is the best package for Philadelphia? Like, yes, I, I, apples to, you know, comparable apples in terms of superstar power make a lot of sense, but is it though? I mean, like you look at this team, and again, like you to your point, if you make that trade for you know Dane Litter or Bradley Beal, you're giving a lot up defensively. So I know you can't afford to take a loss in this deal, but doesn't it make more sense for Philadelphia to try and get a package of players, like a group of players, maybe a great score, a solid score, or even like a specialist to some degree that can initiate offense and can spread the floor a little bit, have a high-profile wing defender thrown in there to complement or to make up for some of the loss of Ben Simmons. Like, I I think you can still build around with Embiid as your centerpiece. And I think we've seen over the last few years that you don't necessarily have to have superstars. You don't have to have the top of your roster be so talented and you, know, you can afford to spread out some of that depth and have a lot more quality play from, you know, players three through eight, rather than having just two really, really good players right. at the top. I, I don't know. To me, could you go find like a Chris Middleton type, right? Who is right. A, a notch below superstar where I, right. and look, by the way, Ben Simmons is a notch below superstar. So this idea that they're trying to, he's got superstar talent, no doubt about it, but he's not there yet. Uh, he's just a known name right now. And he plays for a big market. 
But uh, yeah, can you go get that player who is an obvious compliment to your superstar, your alpha, uh, Joel Embiid in this case? I don't know. I don't, but I don't know who that is. I, I just don't know who's out there right now. It's not and, John and Wall. Big, no. Yeah, that's certainly not the case. But uh, are they punting on this season? Because it doesn't feel like they are. But you kind of have to, you know, shit or get off the pot at this point because yeah. you're a week away from training camp starting off here and you need to figure out where you are as a team. You, I mean, every team goes into training camp and media day saying, no, no, we've got a realistic chance at the playoffs, whether you're Oklahoma City or Orlando or any team, the goal is to always make the playoffs. And from Philadelphia's perspective, when you do have two all-stars in the ra- on the ro- roster already, clearly they're looking to make the finals. But I mean, I don't know how realistic that is. Are you just punting away at the season? Can you afford to just have Simmons wait or just kind of stash him until you do make a deal or something like that? Or do I mean, you just go for if, it, pull the trigger if, now? Yeah, I mean, if if you're wasting that Ben Simmons salary slot, essentially, with him right? not playing and you're not trading him, then, yeah, you are punting. You have no choice but to punt this. You can't bounce back from that. You just can't. Uh, I don't – I think if you move Ben Simmons for – let's call it Buddy Heald and picks, Right. Okay. Then I, I don't know that you're punting, but you're kicking the can down the road. Where but you can buddy, you can do a second trade then down right, the road. Exactly. Also, right? When something okay. else were right. to come available, some other star player. And you're just hoping that that team wants Buddy Healed and all those picks that you just traded for. Um and and I don't know if that's the case. I don't know. And I think if look, if you were gonna get Bradley Beal or Damian Lillard. The defensive issues be damned. I don't care because you have one of the best scorers in the league, and then you've got Joel Embiid anchoring your defense. We've seen in Utah, like sometimes that's just enough to have a defensive player of the year caliber center can keep you in the top five or six defensively, and that's good enough. Um, and then you've got you need like an all world scorer to get you over the top, but uh, maybe that's and if but but short of that, like I don't think CJ McCollum does that for you. I don't think Buddy Heald does that for you. I think what you rather than get those guys, I think you'd be better off looking for a two-way player. And again, I'll say this, David, and it's strange because I usually come to these conversations with you with a whole list of trade possibilities and fake trades right. that I've cooked up in the trade machine. And in this case, I got nothing for you. I have nothing. No, I I am a little disappointed, to be honest with you. I mean, the, the hypotheticals has been that's been in your bag from day one, and here we are. Uh, you know, it's okay. I'll excuse that. It's a two week hiatus for you. You're right. just coming I'm a back. Rusty. You know, yeah, yeah. You're a little rusty. You need, need to get in mid season form. But to that point, also, can you afford to just wait and and have a mid season trade, even if it's for a superstar level player like Beal or Lillard? Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know that you can just incorporate a player like that right away and not have some bumps down the road. Especially, I think what they would you... be hoping for, not mid season, but for like a James Harden type of situation. Now, James Harden knew right. he wanted to leave Houston before right. the season started. But maybe like, hey, the Portland Trailblazers come out of the gates 0-6 or something, 1-7. and Yeah, James uh, and Dame immediately like, you know forces the trade, yeah. F this and within the first month of the year. That would be the best-case scenario. But anything short of that, I think all that stuff that is on the table right now, if anything is on the table, would still be available at that point too. Is it ideal? No, but it's better than just whatever this is, I guess. Is yeah, logic? Point, I don't right? know. It feels, like, it feels like the Sixers did not play this well, right? From the very beginning when – Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid pointed the finger at Ben Simmons as soon as that playoff game was over. It feels like they haven't played it well since then. Yeah, this isn't a trash Philadelphia either, but I mean, I've said this before on a number of podcasts, like you just have to have some kind of consistency throughout the organization, whether it's from the top through the, the 15th man on the roster, you have to be on the same page. There has to be 
open lines of communication and this feels like the exact opposite of that and that's been the case in philadelphia for years i mean from the time that they fired sam hinkey uh and replaced him with colangelo it's just been a disaster for so long and this isn't to this isn't to throw the process under the bus or anything like that but it's just they don't seem to ever have quite an idea of what to do next and you never want to be in that position especially if you view yourself as a legitimate contender so it's just this is why philadelphia always to us anyway i think we're both pretty consistent about that as good as philadelphia is they still always feel like that second tier they're a pretender Mm -hmm. rather than a contender in actuality um we'll talk about what players we think have a chance to take a leap next season a superstar leap in some cases uh that's coming up next year on locked on nba but first david what do you know about sweat block well i mean it's just such a fantastic product it's doctor created doctor recommended it works for up to seven days per use i mentioned it here on this podcast but i've got a friend of mine who's a teacher he used to have an issue with profuse sweating sometimes he'd have to change shirts in the middle of the day but ever since he's tried sweat block it's being it's like a whole new person he doesn't have to worry about it, it feels much more confident he doesn't have to you know turn around and wonder if his students are snickering or anything like that it's just going out there with much more renewed confidence and that's something that's available for all of you too because you can find Sweatblock, a great product that's been on Amazon for one, you know thousands of positive reviews for the last 10 years. You can find it on Amazon.com. You can go to CVS and find Sweatblock. Or you can go to Sweatblock.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you get 20%. Again, if you or somebody you know has an issue with sweating and you want to do something about it, then Sweatblock is the product for you. Again, Amazon, CVS, or at Sweatblock.com. And if you use the promo code LOCKEDON, you get 20% off. Today, I want to tell you also about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Okay, back here on Locked On NBA. Uh, now we're going to move on to which players we think will take a leap this coming season. Um, I want to start with some of the guys who I think can maybe take that really rare leap from uh, all-star type of player to bona fide top 10 champion, can lead you to a championship tier wow. type of player. And this is a, a leap, by the way, David, that doesn't yeah. happen all that often, but kind of needs to happen re- pretty soon for some of these guys and for some of the teams that they play for or else, you know, you're, things you're are making up for the lack of hypotheticals and, here when you're coming in hot with a take like that. I mean, I think that's it. I look that is as you said the the most difficult leap and I think you can even make a case for a guy like Giannis having done that over the last couple of seasons to go from and you know, a player that was all-star level yes. to MVP type candidate and then carrying his team to a championship. So, I'm curious, who do you have in that list? There's two guys that I have um, as, as kind of poised is a strong word, David, but like, like it's just, it's right for them. The situation is perfect for them to take that leap. We've seen so much from these two guys in the past, but not enough. Like we haven't seen that level from them yet. And it's nothing to say. Like, it's like, they're both been great throughout their young careers, but the two guys I'm thinking about are Donovan Mitchell wow. and Jason Tatum. Um, and I, I like Donovan Mitchell's chance a little bit more than Tatum mm-hmm. at this point. Um, and I, and I say that because I think both of them could be – I think both of them have the talent to be top 10 type of guys. And some of that's going to 
you know, be other guys aging out of that top 10, them ascending into that top 10 as they approach their primes. Um, but for me, Donovan Mitchell is the interesting case here because it's been years now that Utah has disappointed in the postseason. I think that they have, with their uh, acquisitions in the offseason of Rudy Gay and Eric Paschal, guys who can play some small ball four, small ball yep. five even, there maybe is an acknowledgement saying, like, even in the postseason, when stuff gets a little clunky with Rudy Gobert, maybe we're comfortable taking Rudy Gobert, our highest paid player, yep. off the court just to go small and try to win this series. And now we've got that flexibility to do that in a way that we haven't in the past. They've got a lot of options there in Utah. And I think if they are going to make that leap into, you know, bona fide title team in the way, like before they've just been kind of this regular season team, they need to have some more success in the playoffs. That's going to be Donovan Mitchell, not necessarily Rudy Gobert because Gobert might not be on the floor as much as Donovan Mitchell I, I think the world of Donovan Mitchell, he's been awesome. Obviously, he's a legit superstar. But there's another leap, I think, coming for him. I think he could be a top 15 guy by the end of the season. I I know that all like ESPN and Sports Illustrated, they're doing like their NBA ranks and their top 100s right. and all that stuff. And, and, you know, for ESPN, like they like to project to the end of the season. I don't know where they have Donovan Mitchell or where they will have him. I think I, I'm projecting him to end up in that top 15 conversation. I think you can get there. Look at these stats before um, we move on here. But. Before the All-Star break for Donovan Mitchell, 24.7 points per game on 42% shooting and 5.4 assists. After the All-Star game, 29.6 points per game, so nearly five more points. He goes from 42% to 46.7% shooting, 4.9 assists, um, so not as many assists, but really close. Just to compare that, that Bradley Beal, who finished second in the league behind Steph Curry for the scoring title, Beal, after the All-Star break, had 29.5 points versus... Mitchell's 29.6 and he shot and 4.1 assists compared to uh, Mitchell's 4.9 assists. I think Donovan, by the end of the year, Donovan Mitchell was right there within the top four scorers in the league. And I think we could see something similar maybe for the balance of this whole season. And if he does that, David, that is, that is a leap that, that, quali- that qualifies as a leap to me. I, I feel like I've been talking about this for weeks now, even before you left. I, I remember having a conversation about the Utah Jazz, and I feel like I talked about it in last week's episode, ranking the the top five most interesting teams in the Western Conference. To me, they are poised for that leap as a team because they kind of remind me a lot of what the Milwaukee Bucks have been able to accomplish, where they were a team that was right on the cusp. They've been very, very good during the regular season, and then they had obvious issues in the playoffs that took them out of the running. But I think they're poised to make that leap as well. And I, I said it again about Mitchell, too. The fact that he was saying that, that he, you know, he rejected the, the offer to, to go lead Team USA. I guess I think he would have been an instrumental player in the United States' you know, accomplishment of winning a gold medal in Tokyo. They were able to do so without Mitchell, but I think he would have been a big part of that moving forward anyway. But th- for him, I think he recognizes he's at that point now where he has to be within that top 15 upper echelon of the NBA. I think he understands the challenge. I think he's ready for it. I think he's been right there all along. I don't know why he's not a player that doesn't get more buzz around the country. I'm not sure if it's just because it's Utah. I'm not sure what if it's just because they largely ignore his strengths and kind of cho- choose to kind of you know focus on his weaknesses, which there are some even now, but I think he's going to get better this season. I think it's going to be a really good team. They're deeper than they were last year. I think they can continue to improve. I think they're going to make much more noise. They're my favorite to come out of the yeah. Western Conference, and I think Mitchell certainly leads them there. 
Yeah, the more I've thought about it, the more I'm with you. At first, I kind of wrote him off like, oh, same old Utah Jazz. Rudy that Gay, means Eric something, Pascal, though, that consistency. But, yeah. But it does. And exactly. The more I thought about it, the more I like them. And I kind of have them in that top yep. tier with the Lakers and Phoenix just as far as, hey, I kind of know what these teams are. And they've got all the the the, the, the stuff of a, of a title team, right? Um, I think they're going to be right there. Uh, the other the other guy is Jason Tatum, who now with Kemba Walker out of Boston, a new coach, Brad Stevens moving into the front office, um, you know Al Horford's back there, but it, it really does feel like now it's Jason yeah. Tatum's team. Like no more Kyrie Irving, no more Kemba Walker stuff. It's this is Jason Tatum's team, and it kind of has been, but now it yeah. very much is. Um, the other guy too would be Jalen Brown. They're going to need him to take another leap, also, but. For them to get to where they want to be, and maybe they're a year from this, I don't know, if, because I think there's a lot of other roster questions there, but uh, Jason Tatum is another guy who, like Donovan Mitchell, if he can kind of enter that upper echelon of NBA player, of star, of, hey, franchise caliber player who can lead you to a title, that changes everything for that franchise, right? Uh, Jason Tatum has all the goods. He's an unbelievable scorer. He's 6'8". He's when he wants to be. He's one of the better wing defenders in the NBA. Uh, for him, it's just consistency. It's just doing it at a high level all the time. Uh, and and I wonder if, if that leap is coming. I think it is. I think, to me, this feels like a, a, an addition by subtraction. They just, they've just they cleared the roster a little bit. Uh, it's not a knock on Brad Stevens necessarily, but I think their new coach is going to be able to get them focused cohesively. I think the fact that now there aren't as high expectations for this group. And that kind of seems to be the window and where they thrive a little bit. Maybe it's just using that as motivation or something like that. But I think there's, there's not a lot of pressure on this team. I think you can kind of move forward because you don't have that superstar guard in Kemba or Kyrie before that, like the, the, the aspirations for that team were the expectations specifically were through the roof when they had Kyrie Irving. Of course, they wound up falling short of that, and they had Gordon Hayward on that roster too. This just feels like a better, more balanced roster to me anyway, and I like the the new coach because I think he's going to be able to get the most out of this team. I think he's going to be able to connect with Tatum on a high level. He was part of that coaching staff with Team USA too. And I think there's a connection there already to get him focused on exactly what you're saying. Like, look, understand this is your team. Carry that responsibility. Tatum's entering his prime as a player. He's only 23 and has already accomplished so much. I think he's absolutely poised to make that leap this season. So a very good call from you. One other guy I want to talk about before the break here. A little bit for different reasons. Zion Williamson. And he's, I mean, the way he ended last year was unbelievable. He's shooting 60%. I mean, post all-star stats for Zion Williamson, 28.8 points per game, six, almost 61% shooting overall, 7.3 rebounds, four assists per game. I mean, that dude is a legit, like we know what his upside, we know his talent. We know that I'm just waiting for the leap. And I say it a little bit differently because you look at the top 15 most popular NBA jerseys last year and Zion Williamson huh. isn't in it. And I would have thought going into his third year, the Duke sensation, the guy who was a Instagram, YouTube sensation in high school before he ever played a, a game where he got paid any money, allegedly, <laughs> um, that we knew about. What, it would be shocking to me if you had told me then that he wouldn't be among the most popular NBA jerseys. And when you look at the guys ahead of him, like John Morant, who's picked right after him, is in that top 15. He's number 14. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is 15. I don't know why anybody would buy a Kawhi Leonard jersey. Like, that's weird. It's not fun. Um, but... Uh, John Morant is at 14 and Zion Williamson's not on that list. And so I think this, and so Zion Williamson used to be a household name and I don't know that he is anymore, which seems weird. 
but I, I kind of see this leap coming for him now where he is a household name, right? And maybe it's just success for his team. Uh, he's playing in a market that doesn't really care about basketball as much as football. It's, it's pro football team and it's college football teams. Uh, but if, if the Pelicans can get back to maybe a fringe playoff type of team, maybe in there in that play-in tournament and, and Zion Williamson can basically do what he did last year again, uh, then I think he will get back into that popularity because the other thing with him is he needs to, we, we've had highlights from Zion, but not like those Duke highlights, right? Like where he's just finishing everything over the rim and this insane jumps. Like a lot of this stuff is in bullying, playing under the basket, all that kind of stuff. But he needs to turn the corner defensively. He needs to lock in on that end. But we also want to see some of those exciting uh, things that we saw from him at Duke that just kind of blew up the internet. We haven't really had that Zion Williamson. Well, he's no Keldon Johnson anyway. I mean, I, uh, look, I, you know, Anthony Davis before him, Drew Holiday. Uh, you know, I took Drew and AD both. That's a funny coincidence. I just realized that now. AD gets traded to the Lakers. They win a championship. Then Drew goes to the Milwaukee. They win a championship. It's all these great Pelicans players that are just waiting there wow. for the team to trade them so they can go somewhere else. So I think that's certainly a big part of it is that they're just in this market that unfortunately doesn't get nearly enough attention. But I like the changes that the Pelicans have made. I don't know how good they're going to be. I even said last season with Stan Van Gundy that that felt like a very volatile mix. They were one of those teams that was I was most curious about because he didn't seem like the right fit, but maybe it works there because they did have a balanced roster, but then once the games actually started, well, it was not particularly pretty. And I, I don't know what to expect from the team this year either. I, I think they're ready to make a leap, and I guess a lot of that will be dependent on Williamson, to your point, but I'm just not sure – you know, replacing a coach, taking on a first-time coach, uh, you know, with a lot, with not a lot of experience. Well, I think on paper he might not have the resume necessarily. I think the fact that he's a recent player in the NBA, he can connect with these guys at a much more intimate level than uh, Stan Van Gundy was able to at his, at his age. So I think, I think he's going to be able to get the most out of this roster. But I just don't know internally what the expectations for that group are if they expect to make the playoffs and if he's ready for that challenge of carrying them there then look out to your point i think he will absolutely be able to take that leap but i'm just still not i'm not sure what to make of this pelicans team and maybe that's partly because i'm not sure what to make of williamson either like uh, you know the injuries the fact that he is a mostly a a one-way player at this point he needs to develop a more all-around game um but he is he's right there though so that's that's a, a good point I mean, all the other prime young guys, Luca, uh, Trey Young, John Morant, Jason Tatum, they're all in the top 15 in jersey sales. Zion isn't. That just, that, again, that just seems wild to me. The Luca thing, all of them deserve to be in there, but the fact that Zion isn't just seems very strange to me, and, and it could be for any number of those reasons. Um, all right, I've got some other uh, under-the-radar potential breakout candidates next, but first, David, tell the listeners yeah, about in, in 2018, the fantasy sports experts over at Sleeper Realize that fantasy basketball was broken. Games were being won and lost based on whose players had more scheduled games that week. It made no sense and it required very little strategy. So in 2020, Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Pick, and it's only available on Sleeper. In Game Pick, owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count towards their team's total score, ensuring an even number of games played between opponents. 
The days of losing because your opponent's players simply had more scheduled games to play in that week are over. The days of mindless daily busy work are over. All that adds up to more strategy and less busy work. Whether you prefer a redraft, keeper, or dynasty, Game Picks has you covered. Sleeper cracked the fantasy basketball code. So if you love playing fantasy football, if you prefer building out a weekly strategy versus daily busy work, you're going to love Game Picks. Download the Sleeper app and start a league with your friends today. You will not be disappointed. Sleeper's one-of-a-kind game pick is the most strategic fantasy basketball experience in the industry. You will not be disappointed. But you also will not be disappointed if you buy a new Theragun because, listen, whether you're you know an athlete at a world-class level or you're somebody like me trying to make it through the day tension-free, then Theragun can help. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body. Theragun is a handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power that's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. You don't even know it's on. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just the stresses of everyday life, and believe me, there's plenty to stress out about it, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. The OLED screen and design make you feel like you're holding something from the future. Just go to their site and check it out. And the Theragun app learns from your behaviors and suggests guided routines. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, hundreds of thousands of customers, and me. Try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. That's a bargain. Go to therabody.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody.com slash locked on. Therabody.com slash locked on. All right, back here at Locked On NBA. Uh, continuing along with our potential uh, candidates to make a leap this coming season. We talked about Donovan Mitchell, talked about Zion, talked about Jason Tatum. Uh, we're starting to run out of time a little bit, David, so I just want to mention a couple but not really get into them. Zach Levine uh, for the Bulls feels like with everything Chicago did, he's somebody who has a situation that kind of they need him to make a leap. Not quite the same level as Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, but if the Bulls are going to get to where they want to go, which basically is a playoff berth, he needs to maybe take one other leap um and then the and then jaron jackson jr played 21 yep. games last year memphis really needs to figure out what it is that they're doing and that's going to be largely dependent on jaron jackson jr and how he plays alongside john morant their established star can jaron jackson be that level of play, or you know be a foundational play, piece the way that john morant is too so i think those ones are obvious but um i want to I want you to pick between okay. these two guys. Uh, we'll decide, you know, we'll talk about whichever one interests you the most. R.J. Barrett, Michael Porter Jr. Which way do you want to I, go I don't want to talk about Michael Porter Jr., so I'm going to go with R.J. Barrett. He is a pick. I, look, I am down on the Knicks in general. I don't think that they're going to be as good as they were last year, but I think P Barrett is going to take a leap. I think he's going to be that guy who can be a little bit more consistent for them on the scoring end. I think he's poised to be right there. Uh, maybe not top 15 category, but certainly I think top 30-ish. I think that's within breathing distance for him. Wow. Well, that'd be really good. I mean, that would be between him and Julius Randle, that's top two top 30-ish well, players Well, my, right my there. presumption is that Randle's going to take a step back, whereas Barrett's going to take a leap forward. Yeah. Well, I, I think when we look back on Julius Randle's career, we'll look at last year as his best season of his career. 
Um, I would, and that's not, I, I think he's going to be a very good player, like a fringe all-star for, for the next few years. But um, if RJ Barrett could be like a, a bona fide all-star kind of guy in the East, that would be huge for, for the Knicks. I kind of agree with your Knicks mm-hmm. outlook, by the way. Um, but RJ Barrett, he's, there's a lot there to like, obviously. I think he's going into a year where they need more from him. If Julius Randle does end up taking that kind of step back, then they're gonna, there's going to be even more than that asked of R.J. Barrett. And um, the way he finished last year, the playoff experience will all be really valuable. Um, then I'll, let's do it again. Two teams. I couldn't identify one player, but it feels like there's a player on these teams that just is poised for a breakout, right? Somebody on Atlanta, maybe DeAndre Hunter or Cam Reddish, one of those lottery wing guys. And then somebody on San Antonio between Lonnie Walker, DeJounte Murray, Derek White, Keldon Johnson, it just feels like they've got so many young guys, especially in San Antonio, where it's just like, okay, we got some young talent. We like, you know, some of these guys. We don't really know who we're building around or what yep. we're doing exactly. It just feels like one of those guys needs to break out. I don't know. Where which one which way do you want to take this? Atlanta oh, or San Antonio? That's a that's a tough one. Um I don't know because Atlanta, I feel like there's still a team that's going to be, you know, taken as far as Trey Young is going to take them. Uh, whereas those young players, I think they're expected to embrace a role. I don't know that any of them is necessarily going to take a huge leap. I would expect that to come mostly from a, a San Antonio team that probably is not really a playoff contender. And given that, when you have all these young players and you're not quite sure. It's kind of open feeding, right? I mean, almost anybody can take the reins and really guide that team. I'm not sure where Greg Popovich is going to take that group of young players, but you lose your best veteran and, and Patty Mills. I mean, you got Jakob Pertle there, but aside from that, what, like what kind of veteran presence is on this roster? No more DeMar DeRozan, obviously. So now it's up to all these young players to find their role, kind of figure it out. Now is where you start to structure that hierarchy and whoever winds up at the top during the course of the regular season, I think we'll wind up taking that leap that we're all recognized on a national level. I think the easy pick is the John T. Murray. It's Lord of the Flies happening in San Antonio. Basically. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. I don't mean, I don't think it'll be quite that chaotic. I mean, <laughs> who would you think takes the leap? I, I, the easy answer to me is the John T. Murray, but I could see Keldon Johnson being that guy. Yeah. Lonnie Walker looks like he's ready for that step. I like the Olympic experience yep, exactly. for Keldon Johnson. Like I like the Team USA stuff. Um, it teaches you, you how to be a star, right? Kind of, it does, right? You, you're around those legit stars, and I wonder if that has enough. I would put my money on Keldon Johnson for that reason, even though there's a lot to like from DeJounte Murray and those kinds of guys. But Keldon Johnson always also has like the size. He has that body of that kind of wing player that you know championship yep. teams are built around. I think if the Spurs had to pick somebody that they wanted to take that leap, they would pick Keldon Johnson for yeah, that reason. Yeah, he might not be the player that can take you to, you know, from contender to, you know, title contender or anything like that, but he's uh he's a good player, he's a good good size, good build and everything else like that, and I think there's a good skill set there. He had some moments there with Team USA and I think he certainly had them last year uh in with the Spurs too. So I think he could probably be San Antonio's best player. At least that would be my pick too. We have Devin Vassell. Good point. Too, but yeah, I, we kind of got overlooked, right? Another year. overlooked guy, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. I'm going to throw it to you for the last one here. Who do you who do you think is poised to take a leap? I, you know, I, I'm kind of a, a, a sleeper in the Eastern Conference for me is the Toronto Raptors because I'm just not quite sure what to make of that group. They, they, they are a team that might not achieve a lot of success, but certainly from a narrative standpoint, I'm just curious to see how they move forward with this season because I'm tired – 
of underrating them, which I've, I've been guilty of over the last couple of seasons after they won the championship. Again, a team I did not expect to win the championship. I thought, oh, they lost Kawhi. They're dead in the water. That wasn't the case. They just rallied the way they have so often over the past. And last year was such a debacle from so many different perspectives because they were forced to play in Tampa. They were just disconnected. They had injury issues. They weren't sure if they're training away their best player in Kyle Lowry or at least one of their best players. And now Kyle's gone. How do you move forward? I, I think he established enough of a culture, and I think they have enough talent on that roster where they can still be very, very good, and you wonder who's going to step up and carry them there. Fred Van Vliet's going to be their best player, but I think OG Ananobi, or Ananobi, excuse me, is a player that's going to take a huge leap in terms of just national recognition. He shot 40% from three last year. Nobody seems to remember that. Like He, he shot 4.3 attempts per game. 40%. That's pretty damn good shooting. This is a guy that a lot of people questioned whether or not he could be a decent shooter, even the mid-range. Now he's a solid three-point shooter. And as a defender, he's world-class. He's working more in pick-and-roll situations. He's not necessarily an elite-level shot creator, but he's getting to the point where he can put the ball down and make something happen for himself, usually because he can just bully his way past somebody or use his combination of speed and size to get to the rim, or he can make a play for somebody. So while you're not expecting elite playmaking or shot creation, I think he can take that leap. And if that's the case, he could be one of those guys that's a fringe all-star, and that's a pretty good place for him to be and for the Raptors to be as a franchise that's kind of looking for their new identity moving forward. He's definitely a big part of that uh, for the years to come, I think. I love the pick. I think he's right there where, you know, the field is set for him, right? Like they're, you know, he's got the ball handler and Fred Van Vliet there, you know, Pascal Siakam is going to get his, uh, there's enough there and he's got the coach and Nick nurse. Um, and like you said, kind of a quiet year last year for him for the Raptors. In general, I mean, they were playing in Tampa, so nobody's paying attention to him, but, um, it was tough. Like they didn't have the whole Jurassic yep. park thing. It seemed like that. Um, <laughs> gotta bring up Jurassic park. Huh? Had to get that. Had to do it. Uh, all right. That's it for us today here on Locked on NBA. Also, make sure to go check out Locked on Bets. Betting on the NBA doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling uh, has his lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. We'll be back here next week here on Locked on NBA. In the meantime, you can find me over at Locked on Warriors and David over on Locked on Heat. Catch you next time.